with family, and I'm sure all of you had that good, I believe all of you had a good time with your family and friends as well. And as I was thinking about uh, the message tonight, you know, I like to just talk out, out of my heart, and the thing that was so big on the inside of me is the, the family, how important family is, our natural family, but even more than that, our spiritual family. Did you know that we are connected It's good to be connected, isn't it? We're connected to the most high God. When we were back there in in Oklahoma, I was reminded, uh, uh, you know, uh, here's my home in California, but I'm still very connected there. Lots of family there. And John and Lindy and Libby went with us. James and Esther drove down from Missouri. So we were all there. And it was the first time for any of my family to meet Olivia. None of them had met her. So it was kind of fun. On the plane, I kept telling her that she was going to meet my sister. She was going to meet Grammy's sister, Aunt Beverly. So when they, we got to the airport, Beverly was there and uh, we look a little bit alike, but more than just looking alike, we sound a lot alike. <laughs> and she was looking really confused. <laughs> Olivia would look at me and then she'd look at Beverly and she's like, what's going on here? Because it was hard for her to understand. Why is there somebody else in the world that sounds like Grammy? But many times family characteristics are strong that we don't even realize how connected we are sometimes to our family. It's funny with Beverly and I, know one year I went back there and, and we had bought the exact same Christmas card. And she lives in Oklahoma, I live out here. And sometimes we'll buy the exact same jewelry. And I know the other night I was uh, talking with uh, Rose Marquez and her daughter Michelle. And it was funny, they came walking into an event with the exact same scarf on. It's just, you know, sometimes families, you think a lot. But no matter what's going on in your natural family, the good news is we're in a new family. And it can be sometimes challenging what is going on in our family. There's Every family has some dysfunctional members. And I should probably hear an amen. <laughs> Even my wonderful family, the Edwards clan, there's some dysfunctional members there. We were talking about some of them. And sometimes that's what happens when family gets together too. We need to pray for so-and-so over here. They're not quite connected like they should be connected. But one thing that was uh, awesome while we were there is um, we saw with our eyes an answer to prayer. Don't you like to see answers to prayer? Y'all are familiar with my brother, Ricky. Well, he's got lots of kids, but uh, one of their older sons, they call him little Ricky instead of Ricky Jr. Ricky Dean Jr. The second. Anyway, um, Ricky Dean Edwards, the second. And anyhow, he spent a lot of time in Iraq. In Iraq. He was in the military. I think he served at least three tours there. And when he came home, there was some challenges in his life. And we need to pray for our military personnel. We need to pray for the men and women that are seeing all of these things. I don't know everything that he saw, but I know it wasn't good. And so it affected him to a degree. And when he came home, he had some rough years. He wasn't really pressing in to God like he should have been pressing in to God. Wasn't really on fire for the Lord. But it was so awesome. He was there. He, he now lives in Arizona with his wife, but he came home for Thanksgiving and we had uh, meetings at Ricky's church after Thanksgiving Sunday through Tuesday night and they had him get up and take up the offering and I'm like what 
He's going to take up the offering. And he started taking up the offering and he started preaching like his dad. Isn't it? I mean, his neck and his face. If you remember Ricky, his whole face gets red. Well, little Ricky has shaved his head bald. So he was red from here to the top of his head. Preaching the word of God. And I'm like, what? And he was on fire for God. And he's answering the call to the ministry. God is faithful. If you've got some family members that are facing some challenges and they're not serving the Lord with all of their heart, don't be discouraged. Don't just sit around and talk about them. Talk to the Lord about them. He hears and he answers prayer. And it is awesome to see that happening. How many of you are believing that? That God is bringing your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your in-laws, your outlaws, whatever. We had some outlaws in our family, I'm sure, but they're all getting saved. Glory be to God. God honors his word. Amen. So anyway, of course, our natural family is important. And we do need to be praying for those that don't know the Lord. But the background of your natural family, what their, what their pedigree was or wasn't do, was, what their social status was or it wasn't, does not define who you are. It doesn't matter. We were doing a little tour one day and we went way out in the country. And this, uh, y'all will understand this, from the first through sixth grade, I went through to a little country school, a two-room schoolhouse. And then we drove by there, and there was still like three or four, three of the walls were still standing. And, and Pastor was in shock. I'd never had shown him that building. Ricky showed him, and he's like, that's where you went to school? And then he started shaking his head and saying, that explains a lot. <laughs> so, you know. But my little country school... And my English and my way I mispronounce some words does not define who I am. How about you? Our education doesn't define who we are. Who we are in Christ Jesus defines us. How many of you are in a brand new family now? You're part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you are born again and you are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? So tonight I want to talk to you about the father and his family. I'm so glad I'm a child of the living God. I've got rights. I've got privileges. I've got a brand new nature. It doesn't matter if your family tree was full of nuts and criminals and everything else. You've got a brand new connection now. You're connected to the vine. Hallelujah. The true and the living vine. All that Jesus has is ours. It ought to give us confidence to know that God. Is our father. That he loves us. He cares for us. He's watching over us. He delights to provide for us. Amen. I want to start tonight by looking over in Luke chapter 12. Verse 32. 
That was all just warming up. Now we're going to look in the word. <laughs> Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Again, we'll, I'll be reading most of these out of the New King James. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's. Everybody read that. Well, it's not up there yet. Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's. Say this with me. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Everybody say that again. Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's so much in that passage there. First of all, he tells us we do not have to be afraid. We can be confident in the father's love for us. When you know that you are loved by the father God, it casts fear out of your life. Because when you know that he loves you, he's going to take care of you. When you know that he loves you, he's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you without help, without aid, without assistance. Because he loves you. I can boldly say tonight that I am secure in Pastor Mark's love for me. We have been in marriage covenant for 36 years. And I never wake up in the morning and wonder if he's going to leave me. I never get up in the morning and have the thought, oh, he's going to hit the road. He's going to get in his 2000 Cadillac and go down the road, hit the road, Jack, and he's not going to come back. You know, that never enters my mind because I'm confident. I'm fully persuaded he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And the other thing that I have no fear in his love for me. I have no fear. I have no hesitancy to walk up to him and say, honey, I need money. I got an urge to go shopping. I'm feeling led to go to the mall. I don't fear that. (laughs) Why? I can boldly approach him. Because I'm confident that he loves me. Now, there might be some times that he says, not today. It ain't a good time. Not, not normally. Because you know why? The checkbook is in my purse. But anyhow. <laughs> we established. A... <laughs> he says, when's the last time I ever asked? Well, <laughs> we established a long time ago. What is his is mine. <laughs> And you know what? When you're confident that your father, God loves you, that's how you ought to live. What is his is mine. He said, he said this, don't be afraid. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If you can have that kind of an awesome relationship with your mate, how much more with your father who loves us with an imperfect, with a perfect love. Human love is lacking. As much as I love my husband, I'm still human. He's still human and we're going to disappoint one another. But our father never ever disappoints. Our father never ever lets us down. Our father never says, no, I'm not going to do that for you. Our father said, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
What's in the kingdom, folks? Just think about it. What is in the kingdom? Righteousness, joy, peace. It's in the Holy Ghost. It's in the kingdom of God. How about healing? Is healing part of our covenant, right? How about the peace of God that passeth understanding? Is that part of what's in the kingdom of God that he says, I'm going to freely give you? As a matter of fact, Jesus said he will freely give us all things if we will ask according to the word of God. When you know that he loves you, there's no cause for alarm or Concern. Our Father doesn't just love us. Here's a revelation. He is love. He is love itself. Think about this. We are loved by love. Loved by love. And loved unconditionally. The Father and His family. And every single one of us are his favorites. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you have multiple kids, if you have a favorite. You shouldn't. You should love them all the same. But sometimes parents kind of are like, well, you know, actually, she's my favorite. No, they don't do that. (laughs) But our father, in his eyes, every one of us are favorites. Every one of us, he looks at us as valuable And as precious. Every one of us. He holds dear to his heart. Every single one of us. Are created in the likeness. And image of God. With a plan. With a purpose for our lives. The father. Love loves us. And love desires. And takes great pleasure. In giving us. Things that are in his kingdom. Amen. He is loved. First John chapter four. Let's turn over there and read some verses. First John chapter four, verse 16 through 18. Everybody say that. Love loves me. me. Doesn't that just send a thrill in your heart? It doesn't. Then when you know that, you know that you are not rejected. The Bible even says that we are accepted in the beloved. I am my beloved's and he is mine. His banner over me is love. I am accepted by the most high God. It doesn't matter if some people may treat us wrong or may reject us. All we need to know and be confident in this fact. I am accepted. By my heavenly father. I am my beloved's. He is mine. Love loves me. First John chapter four, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. There it is. God is what? God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, this is so beautiful. 
There is no fear in love. But perfect love cast out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. How many in here tonight have known the love of God? How many believe and are settled on the fact that God loves me? Are you convinced that he loves you as much as he loves Pastor Mark? As much as he loved Earl Roberts or Kenneth Hagan or Kenneth Copeland? Are you convinced that the Father loves you as much as he loved Jesus? Then there's no reason to fear. Fear has torment. The enemy likes to torment us with thoughts of, well, you're not going to get answered to prayer this time. That's not going to happen in your family for you this time. You're going to lose your job. You're going to, your kids are going to go to hell. All of those are thoughts of torment. And the root of that is fear. Afraid that God's word isn't going to work. Afraid that your faith is going to come up short. But when you are confident, everybody in here confident that God loves me. He hears and he answers my prayers. Then I refuse to be tormented because I am established in my father's care for me. The Father cares for us. Now, verse 18 out of the Amplified is really rich. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors. It expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. Is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. If you're dealing with thoughts of terror, thoughts of dread. I want to encourage you just to go through the word of God and meditate on how much the father loves you. How much the Father cares for you. Anybody in here tonight love Jesus? Love God with all of your heart? Of course we do. I had a friend years ago. She was dealing with severe depression. And she'd seek in the Lord. And she'd get in her prayer closet. And she would just worship the Lord. And she'd say, oh God, how much I love you. How much I love you. And one day the spirit of God spoke to her and he said, I know that you love me, but you need to know that I love you. And so instead of just walking around and saying, oh, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. He instructed her to walk around and say, my father loves me. Jesus loves me. I'm important to my father. He esteems me. He values me. And the more she began to meditate on that, and the more she began to say it, thank you, Jesus, you love me. 
depression started leaving her and that bondage in her life was broken because she got a revelation. He loves me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? God and me are a majority. If God is on my side, I can't help but when, hallelujah, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. His love for me is greater than any fear or any torment or any depression or any disease. That's a good revelation to have. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves me. It says that fear there, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Just think, just listen to this. Some definitions of dread. To anticipate with anxiety, alarm, or apprehension. So many people are full of anxiety. So many people are full of alarm. This says perfect love turns, it gets rid of, expels every trace of terror. There's an anticipation in the atmosphere in the world today of alarm. There's this dread that, oh, something bad is going to happen. There's almost this tangible thing in some people's lives of, oh, there's a terrorist attack happening or, or this or that. But when we are settled in the fact that he is Ours and we are his and he loves us. Guess what? Dread does not exist. I am not anticipating or expecting the worst. I'm anticipating the inevitable, the supernatural, the divine intervention of God. I am anticipating days of heaven upon the earth. I am anticipating miracles, signs, and wonders. I am expecting the glory of the Lord to cover the earth like waters cover the sea. I'm not dreading water things happening. I'm expecting good and gooder and the best. Amen. I'm expecting God to show himself strong on my behalf in this church, in the Bay Area, in the earth, in the United States of America. I'm not dreading a terrorist attack. I'm expecting an invasion, all right, but I'm expecting an invasion of glory. Hallelujah. I'm expecting God to show himself strong. Anybody else in here in agreement with that? Hallelujah. There's no reason for us to dread. There's no reason for us to dread Christmas. A lot of people don't like this time of year. They dread the fact of, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed. Or I'm concerned that I'm not going to be able to buy gifts for my family. I'm tempted to be depressed and stressed out. If you aren't here this morning, you need to get that message by Pastor Mark. He kept saying it. We're too blessed to be stressed. Everybody lift your hands and say that. I'm too blessed. To be stressed. My father loves me. He cares for me. 
He's watching over me. He's meeting all my needs. Amen. It's a lot better to say that than to say, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going under. Another thing to add there, I'm too blessed to be stressed, is to say this. I'm too loved to be afraid. I'm too loved to fear. Jesus prayed for us. Did you know that? He prayed that we would receive this revelation that I'm talking to you about tonight. And I want to show it to you from the word of God where Jesus himself said this in John chapter 17. Beautiful chapter. It's a prayer that Jesus was praying for us, for those that would believe on his name after he'd left this earth. And this one verse is something that he said. He's talking to his father. And he said, Lord, I'm praying. He said, Father, I'm praying this. I and them, you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me. And you have loved them as you have loved me. That we would know, come to comprehend Come to understanding, get our eyes enlightened and have revelation knowledge that the father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Do you think the father loves Jesus? Do you think the father takes care of Jesus? Well, Jesus is saying, look, father, let them receive This impartation and this understanding that you love each and every one of them that will call upon my name. You love them as much as you love me. Think about it. Jesus knew he was loved of his father. Jesus knew who he was. He knew that Abba Father was daddy, daddy. He had a divine relationship with him. We cannot be loved any better than to be loved by love itself. Jesus, even in the gospel of John, it's written in red. I just found this out this week. Just heard someone say it. In the, just in the gospel of John, Jesus said, my father, 125 times. My father, 120 times, 125 times. Why was he doing that? He wasn't just saying it for his benefit, but he was saying it for our benefit. He was wanting it to be established. We're connected that his father Is also our father. We're in the same family. We're in the family of God. We're in the kingdom of God. And just by him continually lifting up his hands and lifting up his voice and saying, my father was acknowledging that he was connected, was acknowledging that he was sent from heaven above. But he was here on a mission representing heaven. He wasn't forsaken by his father. He knew 
that whatever he did, he was doing in the name of the Father. As a matter of fact, in that same chapter, in that same book, he said, Lord, if they have seen me, Father, they have seen you. He said, the very works that I do, it's the Father in me that doeth the work. He wanted us to get that same revelation on the inside of us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. We ought to be pointing people to the Father. He's in us just like he was with Jesus. He's in us. And that ought to be our testimony. If they have seen me, Jesus said, they have seen the Father. Can people say that about your life? If they see me, they're seeing the Father. They're seeing Jesus at work in me and through me. It shouldn't be confusing when people see us. Well, I don't know if they're a Christian or not a Christian. They ought to know what kingdom we're in. We're in the kingdom of light. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And now we've been brought into the kingdom of light. We are ambassadors from that place called heaven. Heaven is our home. Our citizenship is there. And we are here on this earth representing that kingdom. And all that that kingdom has is at our resource. What kind of a country would we be if we sent an ambassador of the United States of America to another country and they showed up in rags and they showed up penniless and they showed up and they had to stay in a dumpy place and and they were just, you know, they were all beat down and they didn't look good and they were all frazzled. People would say, man, their country doesn't take very good care of them. Folks, our country, our homeland, heaven wants to take good care of us. All that we need has been given to us at our disposal. Why our father loves us. Gives him great pleasure to give us the kingdom. Let's look over at Luke now. Luke chapter 12. Verse 32. Is everybody still here? Don't go to sleep. I know it's nice and cozy in here. Cold outside, but cozy in here. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. In the Amplified. We're just driving this point home. Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then in the Holman translation, it says this. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. He delights to do good things for us. Then over in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Oh, I love this. How much more? Say that with me. How much more? Say it again. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? 
Doesn't that just send a thrill into your spirit? The how much more. He's given us a comparison here. Now, most parents, they will work and they will work and they will sacrifice to give good things to their children. Most parents, their attitude is they want to put their kids first. They want their kids to have more than they had. They want to be able to provide for them a better education, a better place to live. That's the heart of a good parent. They want to give them out adequate food and adequate clothing and education. A parent's love wants the best for their kids. How many parents do we have in here tonight? Is that your heart? You want your kids to be blessed. And this verse is telling us that a parent, even if a parent's not born again, most of the time they want to do what's right for their kids. They want to bless their kids. And he's saying even a parent that may be just totally in the natural will do good things for their kids. But I love those three words. How much more. How much more does our heavenly father want to do good things for us? How much more does it bring him delight and great joy to do things for his children? In the voice, that, that translation, the voice in Matthew seven eleven, I like how it says that. So if you who are sinful know how to give your children good gifts, how much more does your father in heaven, who is perfect, know how to give great gifts, great gifts to his children? Wouldn't you like to have some great gifts under your Christmas tree this year? Well, you can believe God for that. But he's saying, I want to give you great gifts. Some translations talk about that God has got an awesome surprise for us. He's the God that does exceedingly abundantly above. He wants all of us during this holiday season to be secure in the fact that he's going to do great and mighty things in your life. He's going to help you. Amen. He's going to provide for you. He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you great joy, not just natural gifts, great gifts, having joy in your life, having peace in your life, being free from fear. Those are precious gifts. Amen. That the father is bestowing on us. And then he goes on and he says over in Psalm chapter 35, I love this verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord. Now let's read that last part together. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. We just read that the father is delighted. The father takes great pleasure in giving us the kingdom. The father is delighted to give us great gifts. Now we're seeing that the father takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. How many of you want to give the father pleasure? How many of you want him to take great delight? 
in your life. Well, that comes about by us acting upon the word of God, by us receiving the promises that we find in the scriptures and saying, I'm going to take that. Oh, yeah, you said you'd meet all my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You said that by your stripes, I was healed. I'm going to take that. That belongs to me. You said that I would be saved and all of my household. You told me that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, it availeth much and it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost and I'm going to expect Tremendous results. You said that you delight to give us the keys to the kingdom. You said that if we ask of you, you will give us the Holy Spirit. You will give us freely all things to enjoy. How many tonight want to give the Father pleasure? I think we ought to stand and just begin to shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant hallelujah lord we rejoice in you we thank you lord that you take great pleasure in prospering us glory be to god we thank you lord that you love us with an unconditional love you love us with an everlasting love hallelujah hallelujah just begin to stir yourself up shout unto the lord let the lord be magnified oh let's worship him let's magnify him he loves us i am loved by love itself hallelujah hallelujah no more down days no more troubled days no more tormented days the spirit of god is saying that no more down days no more tormented days no more days paralyzed by fear fear has torment but the love of god being established in his love cast fear out oh makaresto brendela de dibokosto brataha Looking at the circumstances, reading even the doctor's report over and over will bring torment. Whose report will you believe? It's time to believe the report of the Lord. It's time to embrace Know that you are accepted in the beloved. Know that you are the healed, that you are the redeemed, that you are the prosperous. Know 
whose family you are in and know your inheritance. Such a rich inheritance has been granted unto us. Oh, we thank you, Lord.